and welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me is my brother Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, as we commence episode 57 today on February 4th, 2018. To get the most out of Joygasm, you can follow us on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Also for exclusive access and some sweet goodies, check us out at Patreon.com slash Joygasm TV. We are focusing on all things Blizzard this episode, since there has been a lot going on with Blizzard World, new Overwatch skins, and the latest results from Overwatch League. But first things first, how is my brother doing? How you doing, Steve? Russ, I missed you. I miss you as well. You've been away. I have. Mm-hmm. This past week, I was in Bogota, Colombia, and we were doing a design workshop. So it was the first time I was in South America. And uh, first time you did you uh, leave the United States there, Rose? Well, technically, I mean, I have been to Canada. Oh, come on. So it is not not part of the United States. But yeah, I mean, the third world world country of Canada. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've been to a a couple of places. Uh, You've been to Italy and the Philippines. And Canada. And Canada. (laughs) That too. I'm very well cultured. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> He's quite the nomad. Mm. No, but it, it was definitely an adventure. It was a uh, very busy week, though, just in terms of, of getting everything prepped and ready for the workshop itself. It was actually super cool. I did not know um, about this little detail until I was there, but we actually had five different countries come to Columbia for this design workshop. So we had... Um, it was a UN of sorts then, huh? Kind of. It, it was like, <laughs> well, let's see. We had... Obviously, Colombia was represented there. There was Peru, Argentina, Spain, Mm. and, of course, you know, America was there as well. And uh, you were wearing your Joygasm uh, attire the whole entire time there, yeah? No. Okay. No, I was not. No. no. Actually, there was uh, Turkey there as well. Oh! So we actually had six countries. That's quite the flight. (laughs) You thought it was a long week. Yeah, (laughs) talk about the guys (laughs) from Turkey flying over. (laughs) Yeah, no. I, <laughs> Is there any way I can get out of this? That's a long flight. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my flight was five hours, and it's like, okay, that's not bad, right? But about, about what it is to California, man. Yeah, I don't even know. It had to have been at least a ten hour flight for the folks from no, Turkey. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was a very productive week. We got through a lot of uh, different types of concept ideation, and it was it was just super cool to be able to get different perspectives mm. from folks. Uh, all over the globe and everybody had wonderful ideas and, and kind of the, the purpose of the workshop was to actually get kind of that cross pollination effect where you had people from different countries actually working together on like how we can make different types of um, designs as it applies to like web applications or mobile applications, that sort of thing. So it was really fun. I mean, it it was really cool. I, I made some new friends and actually being in Bogota for a week, uh, it really, um, put me in a position to be able to try and improve my Spanish, which I'm, I'm very much a beginner on. I know the basics uh, from from back in the day when I took two uh, years worth of Spanish and uh, struggled through that. But Necesito agua. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> I, I learned how to say uh, um, para mi botella de agua, which is uh, for me, 
bottled water. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. And in the, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the people there were, were really nice. It was kind of funny just because, obviously... <laughs> What's the word for toilet paper? What's the word? Yeah. Oh, I should have paid attention in class. <laughs> there was actually something that was kind of funny when we were kind of close to being done with the, the entire workshop. Uh, the, the big head honchos took the, everybody out to this one particular restaurant. This restaurant is like five stories high. Hmm. Like the whole thing, like you, if you want to go up each one of them... Uh, you can, and they have decorations and live music and all this kind of stuff. It was really fun, but um, I totally was going to say something, and I forgot. It's well, awesome, Russ. I forgot. Well, I totally job. brain farted on what I was going to say. <laughs> what, 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 what were we saying before I got to the restaurant? Um, that, uh, yeah, I don't move on. Russ. See, and now you, you don't clearly <laughs> listen to me either. Um, but anyway... Uh, it, it was a lot of fun to be able to be able to work with all of them. And so I think, I think in terms of just being in a different country like that and, and hearing everybody speak Spanish, uh, it definitely, it, it, I don't know, for me, it was a cool opportunity to be able to just sit down and just be quiet and just listen. You know, I, I was thinking of Antonio Banderas from uh, the 13th warrior, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he's trying to figure <laughs> out like, like what the Vikings were saying, right. And how like slowly but surely, like there'd be like a word here or there that that would all of a sudden turn into English. Yeah, um, I listened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you learn our language? I listened. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that that was a um, part of the the overall experience, and so um, it was really fun. It, it was something that I definitely look forward to doing again. And I mean, it, it to me, it's it's humbling too because just about everybody who was there knew how to speak English. Yeah. And so here I am. I'm just like, uh, yeah, I only know one language. Uh, hey, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it definitely opened my eyes in terms of like, okay, this, yep. this needs to become a priority. I need to do that. Plus what was really cool too, was just the fact that when I was attempting to try to speak sp- Spanish, um, everybody was like super supportive. Like you could tell on their faces, they would, they would get excited and, you know, just light up like, like, you know, that they were, they were encouraging to, um, have me speak Spanish. And so even though I was completely like just butchering the language, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I think it, it, you could tell that they appreciated the effort. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those folks too, uh, depending on where you go, uh, of course, but I mean, when I was in Italy, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, part of this language is like Spanish in a way, probably not, but uh-huh. I know some of the words sound similar. And so I tried to speak Spanish to him and some of them would roll their eyes like, ugh, typical American thing to do right now. I guess I could figure out what he's trying to say. <laughs> but as long as you were like being humble and and interacting with folks in, in, in uh, an appreciative manner, um, appreciating them and appreciating their, the beauty of their country, then yeah. yeah, they're so open to help you out and direct you and try and communicate with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. I mean, I, I had some late nights. I mean, we, we were working until about 2 AM and then yeah. I had to get up at 7 AM the next morning and, and, and continue uh, moving forward with it. But no, like I said, I, I thought it was a, a, a great opportunity to be able to, to meet some, some new people, make some new friends, Colombian food, by the way, is really good. Oh yeah, I've heard. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised there's not a whole lot of Colombian like restaurants out here, you know, because we have Mexican food. Mexican food's great. We have Tex-Mex. Uh, yeah, we have some Puerto Rican restaurants, which Puerto Rican food's pretty darn good too. Yeah, I, I'll, 
Uh, anyhow, so yeah, I, I don't, not sure why there, we don't have much, uh, Colombian restaurants, but yeah, I heard Colombian food's good. Yeah, no, no, it was overall like there was, there was a lot to, to take in and experience. So, but, uh, as a result, I didn't really get a chance to play any video games. I kind of played a little bit of Zelda on the, the You brought that with you? I did. I oh, brought my so Switch. Cool. You probably made a bunch of people <laughs> on the plane jealous, like, what is he playing? Now we got, you know, we're stuck with these, you know, cheapo headrest monitor, whatever things are. <laughs> no, it was, it was pretty fun. But that was literally the only time I had to play that game was on the flight itself. You get but. some taps on your shoulder. Hey. Can you share? Yeah. Get away from me. This is mine. It's mine, I tell you. Mine. <laughs> I brought it. <laughs> I did see some movies, though, on the flight just because of uh, the five hours each way. Right. I saw American Made. Uh, that's on the list, yeah. Have you? So you haven't seen that one? That's that one with Tom Cruise, right? It is. Yeah, that's on the list. I should be getting that in a couple weeks. The um, Good movie. Yeah. Good movie overall. A lot of stuff in there that I just could not believe because it's basically <laughs> That's funny it, you're watching that movie and then going to Columbia doesn't have something with Columbia oh I mean Columbia is a part of it yeah. overall but like I mean it's based on a true story <laughs> right I, I have to look and and see just you know how accurate it actually was but Tom Cruise plays this guy who was actually from I think like Louisiana or something and um he's he's just he used to be this this TWA pilot and then somehow gets involved with the CIA and then also gets involved with all the drug pushers from South America and just you you just see this thing spiraling out of control but overall just a, a really just engaging movie I, I I could not believe some of the stuff that was going on but I mean this guy um, that Tom Cruise plays he had a hand I mean he he knew who um uh, Escobar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, what's his, what's his full name? Pablo. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we've been watching Narcos and so I was already kind of familiar with those names, but I mean, this guy like had relationships with them. He had relationships with uh, Noriega from Panama. <laughs> he had um, relationships with like the kind of the, the Contra freedom fighters thing that was going on back in the day. I mean, the, he really did. I mean, he went to Nicaragua. He went to um, Colombia. I can't remember all the different countries that, but just, yeah, you're, I think you're going to like it when you see it. I'm sure when you're a pilot and you have your own license and you can fly anywhere you want to, then uh, certain people will find you in demand. They did indeed. And especially considering the fact that uh, this took place during like the late seventies, early Mm eighties. So highly recommend that one. I also saw the, the Hitman's bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Right. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I, I think that it was a overall a missed opportunity in terms of how they went about executing everything. I think that um, it could have been a really funny movie, but they just it just wasn't it was it wasn't as good as like the Die Hard movie where like you had Bruce Willis and uh, Samuel L. Jackson together. I think that was like Die Hard three, was it? Is there Die Hard three or Die Hard four? Hmm. But anyway. Um, I was glad I, I didn't have to pay for it. I just watched uh, on the flight. Right. I also <clears throat> watched Burn After Reading, which I've been meaning to watch for a long time because it's a Coen Brothers film. I haven't heard of that one. Gotta say I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Coen Brothers fan, and that was one that got away from me, and then I watched it, and I was like, ah, yeah. I mean, you had certain kind of coen brothers vibes here and there but overall i was just like yeah it's it's it's, uh not not as as good as like the lady killers or 
some of the other ones like oh brother where art thou and that sort of thing uh, yeah but uh how about you what do you about to steve well russ uh i too have been watching a little bit of this and a little bit of that uh, so I watched this, uh, series, well, beginning of the series, um, <laughs> called Colonial House. And this was a, uh, PBS reality TV show. Really? So basically what happens is, uh, well, it's reality TV, but they, the setting is that they, uh, place these random folks in the uh, pilgrim times. So like people are just discovering America and trying to set up camp and houses uh-huh. and whatnot, sailing over here on the Mayflower, that kind of thing. Um, and so they don't have any electricity. They don't have anything. They're trying to make do with like salted meat and making fires and keeping the bugs out of their houses and sort of that, that sort of thing. Like they got nothing. Right. I mean, they, they are, they, they got nothing. So um, of course people are used to living in current times and now they're going back a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of frustrations and uh, people trying to figure everything out. And it's it's funny because when you watch certain reality TV, you can tell it's scripted. Uh, this doesn't seem like it's that scripted. Like mm-hmm. People get interviewed and they're really sincere on the camera. I you know at anyhow, I don't know if I've really finished the uh, the series. Um, it was nice to watch the first like three or four episodes, but. I think I'm going to continue it anyway. Mm-hmm. But if, if someone's definitely curious, they'll like this uh, very, very much. Or if, if someone likes reality TV, they're going to enjoy this quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so then anyway, I, then I watched Final Fantasy Kingslave. Final Fantasy Kingslave? Yes. So Square Enix made another movie. Okay. Uh, and it, this one's like a, a precursor to Final Fantasy fifteen. And uh, I, I, I'm probably not going to play Final Fantasy 15, but I wanted to see the animation mm-hmm. uh, because, I, you know, the Advent Children that uh, Square made was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and I it, it doesn't disappoint, but the story, <laughs> you know, I don't know what they were trying to do. I'm like, I, this is not, you know, I wasn't really into it. I was getting really distracted, kind of checking my phone like, oh, look at that. Someone posted me on Facebook. Uh-huh. And, you know, oh, I like that tweet right there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that what happened? Oh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, um Oh. So, I finished the Punisher series. Did you now? Yes, I did. I'm sorry. I've really fallen off the bandwagon with that one. So, last we spoke, uh, you know, we had watched or last we spoke, last we talked about this. We were like, you know, <laughs> kind of sort of meh. But um it's definitely getting better. Mm-hmm. Or it has got better. I binged watch it, so I watched like an episode a night, uh-huh. and uh, it it it's it's funny because in the beginning it starts out really good, and then yeah. like the second and third episodes you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen here? Nothing's really going on. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What they have been doing is building this foundation, yeah, and I think they're planning on uh, releasing a ton of seasons because they have to. At this point, they have to. They've really built up the characters, which I'm thankful for. I've always been asking for that in movies and, and TV series. I want some foundation and character development. Been injecting a bunch of catalysts to uh, springboard off of exactly. for many seasons to come. Exactly, and that's precisely what they've been doing. So, anyhow, it it was definitely good. They uh, 
they did they they did well. I I would advise anyone who started the series if they hadn't finished yet to definitely finish it. Well, uh, consider myself advised, and that includes you, Russ. Uh, so then I I never watched the ending to Big Hero Six. I started watching it in Canada the last time. That's I was a good out movie. There. So I I rented that and and rented it. Got it on Netflix. I should say renting. <laughs> Anyhow, so that was good. You uh, queued not, it up. Not 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 great, but it was you know yeah it was fine what it was. It was creative. Mm-hmm. And then in your honor, I I uh, I started to watch the day I met El Chapo. What? And uh, <laughs> what <are you> so- <laughs> is this a new movie or what? <laughs> no, that was. I thought it was just going to be a, a movie like a documentary. Uh-huh. It turns out it's a series, and it kind of sucks. Actually, I uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be somewhat entertaining. <laughs> And uh, is it not as good as Narcos? Oh, not even, not even close. Basically, uh, this uh, soap opera a- actress, this uh, Mexican soap opera act- actress, was getting frustrated with how her government was treating the people and how uh, you know bu- yeah, bureaucracy works. And so she was just tweeting out a bunch of venting kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she basically said that El Chapo, who's a drug lord in the country, um, takes better care of people uh, than their own government does. And so the government went crazy and started giving her a bunch of bad press. And somehow Sean Penn got involved. I was kind of getting really sleepy at that point. And uh, I, I I did go to sleep and woke up and I was already in uh, episode two. Something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's like nine, nine uh, episodes, but they're really trying to I make something out of this. I, I, don't, I can't follow. I started to try and watch it again. And, and uh, yeah, no, Russ, I, I can't do it. I see. But I... Have been playing Overwatch. I tried. <laughs> I, I, I tried to say, say it correctly. Overwatch. Thank you. Try to get get a level each night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because I think I don't know how much of the uh, league people are actually watching, but I've noticed people's game kind of stepping up a little bit. Ah. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it's been frustrating. Sometimes it's been rewarding. But yeah. Hmm. So, uh, that does it with me. See. I got some stuff on the way. Some, some stuff on the way? What some, do you mean? Uh, some other movies. Oh. Be sure to report about uh, next week, Russ. You've piqued my curiosity. Oh, did you know, Russ? No, I don't know. How could I possibly know? Actually, you probably didn't. But um, Batman Begins is now available to stream on Netflix. Uh, that's good to know. And high def. Yeah. I did watch like the first half of that. Yeah. The, uh, the movies are so good. Ah. It's just so good. Uh, I, um, mm. Can't even tell you how many times I've seen the movie and it's just so good. It's, just, it's still so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, I say we get into some Overwatch news. Winston reporting. Justice reigns from above. Junkrat primed and ready. Lucio coming at you. Form up on the payload. Move it out. Nerf this. Come out and face me. I am ready to revive you. Alrighty. Now I've been kind of out of the loop on this since I was in Bogota. So Steve. What? what exactly can you tell us about Overwatch League this past week? 
Well, uh, one thing that you'll notice is that the uh, audience has grown. Oh. More so in the female side, Russ. There's oh, a lot nice. more women in the audience than there are men, and uh, it's definitely a welcome relief. And uh, you, you can hear it, too, because if someone does a play, like, uh, you know, it's kind of off the wall, are really, really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guys used to go like, oh, okay, oh, oh, oh. now it's, you can hear a lot more uh, boisterous uh, commotion going Sweet. on in the audience. So that is good, Russ. It's always a welcome addition to have the women involved. Absolutely. You know uh, and it was funny because I, I, IGN interviewed uh, a lot of the, the players on, lot, on many of the teams. Uh-huh. I think it was one player per team. And they asked him, if you could get rid of one character, who would it be? Mercy. And everybody said freaking Mercy. Yeah. That's, I, you know what? So then I got to thinking, okay. As I'm watching these plays and plays and play hours of just, you know, people playing and wrecking havoc. Everybody has a mercy on their team mm-hmm. that they need to get healed. So it's kind of like, okay, what would you guys do without mercy? Because if, you, if she wasn't there, you guys wouldn't have your support. So you want her gone and you want her there at the same time. Uh-huh. But I think this report got to Kaplan's ears. Okay. Because we're now getting another mercy nerf. Really? Yes. So her ult is uh, is being dropped by about 15, se- or 15, being dropped to 15 seconds from 20 seconds. And she can only do like one res during her ult. Wait, wait, are they implementing this into the Overwatch League? I'm not sure if they're implementing it. I, I would think they would, but um, it just happened this week. Interesting. So okay. I don't know why they wouldn't implement it in the League if it's the same game. Yeah. But um, all of us have to do it. I would, I would think it'd be the same thing. Interesting. So not just Mercy, but but Junkrat got his nerf too. And I can understand that because Junkrat was Junkrat was getting a little too OP in my opinion. Yeah. So um, anyhow. So what kind of highlights did you see from this past week? Well, Russ. So uh, let me uh, open up my notes here. So I saw Shadow Burning. Shadow Burning. Shadow Burn. Careful your shadow because it hurts. As Genji from uh, Philly Fusion uh, pretty much did a Zeitsef, which I call it, uh, shot on uh, C C CBO. I can't even say his name from from New York Excelsior at the Temple of Anubis. Basically, what I call the Zeitsef is if you see Enemy at the Gates, uh-huh. uh, the movie with uh, what is his name Jude Law. Uh-huh. And I think Ron Perlman's in there too uh, for a short bit. Mm-hmm. And whoever, anyway, Ed Harris. Ed, Ed Harrison or Ed Harris, yeah. Um, so there's a point in that movie where uh, I think it's actually Ron Perlman takes this big jump across the building where they're sniping and whatnot, and Ed Harris caps him in the middle of his jump um, right right away, mm-hmm. in, in, like headshot style. So that's basically what happened. Um, uh, <laughs> so one character like jumped across a certain part and then just got capped right in the middle. I mean, usually when the people get capped, it's on the ground, kind of, you know, stepping, sidestepping here and there, but not jumping across one platform to the other platform. So I thought that was pretty incredible. Sure. Um, and then Carpe, same map, Temple of Anubis as Tracer. Okay, so she got up on the, uh, on the <laughs> what's that first little gate, that arch area? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know how she got up. I didn't show how she uh, Tracer got up there. But anyhow, so the other team, 
the mercy was following the uh, the Farah right around the corner to the right hand side of uh-huh. her. If you were on the other team, so somehow Tracer was got up on that arch and blinked her way in the air across the no way <laughs> like bent around the corner and able to do her sticky bomb on the Mercy and then and blew up Mercy and Farah. Like I, wow, I don't know how this happened. I had to rewind. I need that. to see that. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? You know, some of this stuff you're, you're watching and it's all incredible plays. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, it's all A plus, A plus, okay. You know, and you're watching, you're like, you know, pretty soon half hour goes by, then an hour, then an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, four hours. And then something like, boom, happens. You think, what did I just see? And you have to rewind it about six times before it kind of computes of, man. So anyhow. Uh, so let's see. I think I got the rankings here, Russ, the current rankings, if you want to know about that. I would absolutely love to know about the standings. <clears throat> Actually, let me go back here because I had the story queued up in my phone. Actually, you know what? I'll just, I'll just start talking about it. So the Houston Outlaws. By the way, the sprays are available. I remember last episode, I was like, why can't I find the spray? Yeah, I remember you saying that. So uh, either um, either they just got released or I was just blind. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> I went back in and I found it. And I saw because my my Reinhardt character has the Houston Outlaws uh-huh. costume on. I went back in there and found it. And I saw the other people were using the sprays too in the quick play that I was playing. Oh, very cool. So Houston Outlaws were uh, pretty much the story that I keyed on. And uh, their players started getting sick. They got the flu or well, what? They, one, they didn't say it was the flu. One, they just say one had an illness. Okay. And another player um, had something going on with his wisdom teeth, and I know how that goes. And, that, uh, that, that can <laughs> yeah, so, really uh, rain on your parade. So they brought in a couple of their team substitutes. Oh. Their backup players. Okay. Their underdogs. And... Um, and the, the team was you know, stressed out because, you know, they haven't been competing all together. Sure. And so different people have different call outs for different plays and st- strategies and whatnot. But they were able to uh, climb the ranks a little bit and uh, get noticed. And uh, if I go back to the uh, standings here, Russ, mm. um, Houston Outlaws are now number four in the standing. And you know who has dropped, Russ? Take a guess who has dropped. Uh, Dallas Fuel, or uh, well, actually, they, well, they were dropped. They kind of came up a little bit, but uh, see, old dynasty. I see that. I'm looking at it right now. So, That's crazy. They're number three. They're number three. So the London Spitfire is number one, tied with New York Excelsior. Uh, this this is the kind of thing that I just have to interject real quick. I love looking at this on. Uh, like almost like a, a daily basis because these numbers are constantly shifting and right. it's great. Like, like when this thing first got started, I was a little concerned that there would be certain teams that would just dominate throughout the entire season. But what's just a really re- nice thing, like just a nice surprise is to sh- like, just, I don't know, like, like there is this, this shifting going on within the rankings and it's just great to see how, I mean, really it's just, it's any given play can mean a W or or an L, just depending on what's going on. Because like it's just, gosh, it, it's just crazy to see the, the London Spitfire at the top. Even the you know New York Excelsior. I think they they've been doing decently, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not like they were way down below and then no. slowing their way up. I mean, they've actually been doing quite well. Right. So yeah, it, it looks super cool. I I'm also looking at the schedule from this past week and looks like. Thursday, February 1st. Did you notice how like there were all shutouts? There was quite a few, yeah. 
That is super cool. I mean, you had the Philadelphia Fusion completely shut out Dallas uh, 4-0. You had New York Excelsior do the exact same thing to the Shanghai Dragons. And the biggest one, like, I honestly want to find time um, here now that I'm back in the States to watch the, the game of the London Spitfire versus the Seal Dynasty because the Spitfire completely shut out Seal Dynasty. I thought... When I saw that, I, my eyes got all big. Cause like, cause like to your point, you were talking about how the seal. You know, actually, I'm sorry. I'm completely. We, you know what, Steve? What? We have not been pronouncing that that name correctly. It's Soul. <clears throat> I thought I was mispronouncing it last time I said Soul because I looked at you and you kind of raised an eyebrow at me. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just gonna. You know. <laughs> so yeah, here's an official <laughs> Joygasm apology. From now on, we will no longer like mispronounce the country name Soul. Oh, it's not country. It's a city within a country. Seoul, Korea. Yeah. I totally like apologize. <laughs> Allow me to uh, addendum an apology to the original apology. <laughs> Put a little asterisk to the, uh, yeah. A little, little slow on the uptake at times over here. So yes, Seoul Dynasty. There we go. It's official stamped. Continue. So if uh, Seoul Dynasty can get one more point, that's going to put them right from third place back to first place because London Spitfire and uh, New York Excelsior are the actually tie. It's not like first place, second place. Well, it is first place, second place, third place. But they are. But New York and London are tied basically for first. Their rankings are seven and seven, and, and uh, Seoul is at six. Mm -hmm. So if they get one more point... Wait, did you say it right? Seoul. Okay, continue. <laughs> Give me some soul, okay? Uh, I've got soul. <laughs> so if they can get one more point, then they're uh, they're back in the lead. So people thought they were crumbling a bit because they were almost untouchable, unbeatable, and uh, they've dropped their ranks, but they uh, they are not out of the game yet. Excellent. <clears throat> so what else? What other kind of news do you got? You got anything else for Overwatch League? Uh, that's basically everything that stood out to me, Russ. You know, one thing we need to do, though, as a side note, yes. you may have forgotten, but uh, coming up soon, we have our giveaway that we need to talk about. That is true. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that toward the uh, the end of the program. We'll, we'll do a little okay. plug for okay. it. Okay. Making sure, Russ. A side note with regards to London Spitfire, there is a gentleman by the name of Stylosa um, that is... Uh, you know, he, you can find him on YouTube. He's on Twitter too and that sort of thing. But anyway, he's a huge Overwatch fan. He's actually um, a really talented player as well. Really? And um, he actually has become a consultant for the London Spitfire where he's not actually on the team playing, but he is from the UK. And what was interesting was that actually, um, I think just about all of the players on London Spitfire are, I'm not, I don't, I don't think... They're actually from the UK. I think that they, they may be from other countries. But anyway, um, I saw some, some sort of like behind the scenes thing. And uh, it was cool because I haven't really seen what Styloso really looks like. I've heard his voice and he's, you know, he's great to listen to because he's he's always just releasing the latest developments as, as it applies to Overwatch. And so it was cool to see kind of this little behind the scenes video documentary on like how excited he is to to be a part of the the London Spitfire team and um, he was the, the part of it was he, he was kind of teaching the team certain phrases in English and they were like trying to say it back to him and stuff and so yeah I mean it, it was it was cool to see that just because he was actually 
one of the people people that I like to listen to, I still do to this day, but even when I first started playing Overwatch, I always enjoyed um, a lot of his training videos. He, he like made a video for each character and talked about how to leverage their different abilities to your advantage and all this, all these different types of uh, observations and tips and tricks and stuff. So I thought that it was uh, worthy of mention. Mm. That's great, Rod. So now I can't remember. Do you have a team that you're rooting for in Overwatch League? Houston Outlaws. So it is okay. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't think it that you were actually rooting for the team. I thought you just like their color scheme. At but, first, but it's official. You you are it is official. pushing for Houston Outlaws. I am pushing for Houston. All right. Very nice. Hashtag Houston push. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Houston yeehaw. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I really hurt my. I vein in my did you, head did you with pop that one? a rib yeah. when you did that? <laughs> oh, okay. Settle down. Well, let's segue over to the actual game of Overwatch. We know that a couple weeks back, they actually released Blizzard World, which I've been dying to talk about. Um, if you uh, uh, um, listeners recall last week, we actually did, did not have an episode drop just because I had to get ready for um, my trip to Bogota, Colombia. And so, unfortunately, we were not able to actually get any kind of those recordings done. So um, we're a little little behind on it, but that's okay. I'd still want to, to talk about it. Although, I, although we did give it a shot, Russ. We did, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure. So I'm absolutely exhausted oh, last week. Uh, and um, Steve, come over. We got to do the podcast. Are you sure, Russ? <laughs> Are you sure? Because, uh, yeah. Well, because, okay, so my flight, li- like, it left for Bogota on Saturday, and I was at work. I think I was I left work late Friday night. Like, yes. I, I didn't get home till, like, 9 o'clock or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. There, there's just all this stuff going on. I'm, like, I'm thinking, oh, man, I've, we've got to get this recording done. We've got to get this out. I do not want to miss a week of the podcast. <laughs> we got to do it for the peeps. I know. I'm, I'm, I told Steve, I'm like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to power through it. It's going to be great. And so Steve comes over, and uh, we end up getting, like, I would say about halfway through. About 45 minutes. Yeah, maybe three-fourths of the way through. great episode, too. We're having a pretty much a blasty blast in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it was, it was super funny. And then all of a sudden I look down and I'm, I'm looking at the recording and it not, something doesn't look right. I'm thinking this is, this is off. So I, I just stop the, 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 the podcast recording itself, play back apart and just am absolutely mortified at the fact that Apparently, one of the microphones was not recording correctly. Like all the the audio was being recorded from one microphone, and so we just look at each other and we just have this like, "Are you serious?" look. And at that point, I was just, I'm like, I can't, I, I cannot start over. Like I'm so tired. I thought we had this almost in the bag, and I was gonna just you know go to bed so I can get up and pack and everything. And so yeah, that I think that's kind of like our official first missed week. <laughs> So anyway, back to Overwatch. What did you think of the the latest map of Blizzard World? I love it, Russ. The only thing I don't really care for is that uh, you have this very playful environment and the music is kind of like oppressing in a way. Sounds like uh, Final Fantasy VII Final Boss Hmm. to me. So uh, when you get there, it only happens, you only notice it in the beginning when it says uh, Blizzard World. Uh-huh. And you hear the the, the choir going, ha, 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 and uh, then you get there and there's rides and there's like, you know, playful stuff and like, okay, it doesn't really fit. But 
far as the details of the map go, Russ, yeah, they did a fantastic job. It could not have been better. Uh huh. I'm glad they centered it on a Blizzard theme park kind of world. I mean, if you were, if there, if it actually did exist. And it would be cool if it did exist. It would be super cool if it existed. <laughs> so <laughs> we really, really would. They have plenty of costumes and characters they can yeah. bring out there for crying out loud. Uh, then you would expect there to be, you know, insignias of, of Heroes of the Storm mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Warcraft, Starcraft. Um, what, what's 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 the Diablo? Card? Diablo, and then what's the card game? Uh, the uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Uh, and there's plenty of that stuff everywhere in the game that littered throughout. And you you would expect there to be maps. You know, you are here. And yeah, you got to go through <laughs> the payload's got to go this direction. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So even even in that that middle part where there's a staircase, in a way, it kind of reminds me of the mon- the monorail. I uh-huh. think it's called at Disneyland, even though it's really small. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of that. Um, I remember you and I were playing. Uh, I can't remember when it was, but you found a nice little detail, which in certain areas of the map around like kind of like the boulder areas, there are like these little speaker That's right. decals. Like, oh, like it's almost so like cool. as if you went to like Disneyland or Universal Studios and how like they kind of have the, the speakers hidden inside these fake rocks, right. but they have like the, like the whole punch out. So awesome. That is such a nice touch. Yeah. I didn't know if you had found any more of those throughout the map or, or if it was just that that one location. That's the one location, but I tell you, I only have like 30 seconds to look through stuff because like <laughs> you, you, you got to set up. Yeah, you get shot. Uh, but one thing I like though is the little, little side passages on the right and the left. Mm-hmm. You can go into, and they have they're like kind of the the workings of everything that you see on the outside. Yeah, and so they're like the working gears, you know, cranking through the little roller coaster ride of you know, the eagle kind of thing that you can see going past. Um, and then you have boxes of extra like supplies and stuff. So I just I love stuff like that. You know, you could have a map and do not include anything and just see what's on the surface, or you can kind of go below and see what's below the surface. Absolutely I love that stuff. Yeah, the eagle ride thing when when you when you walk in there, it totally reminds me of like the the old school Disney rides like Pinocchio or right. Peter Pan or whatever. I mean, it, I I I really do appreciate the amount of just the small details like that little things that you could you could just tell it's it's like a love letter to all the theme parks that everybody's enjoyed going to as a kid and older and that sort of thing did you see anything else that was kind of more theme park ish well um well yes and no you have almost every little setting in there i mean you have uh the, the roller coaster, you have water, you have the docks, you have more high tech area, uh, you have uh, the evil kind of haunted house thing. You know, I the noticed the, the little yep. evil house. Yeah, that was super cool. I got little uh, kind of throwbacks to yeah. Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. And each little section you get to, you hear a small announcer voice like, oh, yes, why don't you come inside for Hearthstone? Grab yourself a pint or something yeah. like that, you know? Uh, so, yeah, in that regard, you yes. One of the, my favorite aspects of the map is that huge siege tank that is in siege mode on top of that that kind of center mountain look. It almost reminds me of the Manahorn right. from, from Disneyland. Right. But yeah, it just it just looks so cool. The only thing I wish it would happen is like if every once in a while maybe it would it could like actually fire around or something. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty. In the sweet. background, yeah, just little environmental stuff. Mm-hmm. What's cool about the map too is that uh, you know certain maps certain characters are better on than other characters mm-hmm. and. Um, this map, you can almost be anybody, and there's someone has a strength in Completely it. Completely agree. Is, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and actually the map layout itself is really well balanced. Yeah. I really do like how they they set things up in such a way where it's almost as if the map was really encouraging more of that team play. Because like in some of the other maps in Overwatch, each map is, is unique in its own way. But, but for some reason with, with Blizzard World, like it really does like... If you play together as a team, then you will do really well. Right. If you break apart and and you splinter off and you do your own thing, then you then you're gonna get punished pretty badly. And I remember last week when we were playing Overwatch, um, you were Reinhardt, and of course I was Farah, and just that that combo of you just kind of marching in with your shield and me just firing behind you, we did really well. I mean, we pushed through and and ended up winning, and I think. That that's where it kind of it, it kind of came um, head first for me was just wow like the, the way that this map is laid out is done so in such a way where even it doesn't feel linear like I, there are times when I kind of got lost in the map because it's, it's almost like how you get lost temporarily in a theme park yeah you're like man where the totally heck? like you I was like looking around <laughs> for like a kiosk to show me you are here where's the rest of my family gone yeah <laughs> hey look they're selling hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Jumbo style. <coughs> but I also like too how having this Blizzard World theme park provided this opportunity to be able to have different, completely different themes based on the different sections of the theme park itself. And so it was cool to get like some certain parts are a little more Starcraft, like you said. Other parts are a little more like Warcraft. Other parts are more like Diablo, that sort of thing. Just a nice blending of everything. You keyed on something that I want to expand on, which is uh, the map forces you to almost stay as a team. Mm-hmm. And even if you wanted to split off and kind of run away and do your own thing, uh, you have to stay relatively close uh, yep. in view of the rest of the team. So the team can either still see you or you can still see them versus right. some of the other maps where you can go way off to the right or way off to the left or way off forward and they, and you lose track of where people are. You just see their chevron somewhere in the map. This, this one really you can kind of keep an eye on where everybody is, which, you know, in a way, I'm <laughs> kind of glad for they finally made a map like that. Yeah, and you can tell, too, that there are several choke points in the map itself. But as long as, like I said, if you, if you stay together as a team, as a group, don't venture off on your own, you're going to do really well throughout that whole map itself. You know, if you look at Junkertown, by, by comparison... There is kind of a, it's almost the reverse, if you think about it, where in Blizzard World, when you get to toward the end, like in the Haunted Mansion part, it does feel a bit more open. Right. Whereas in Junkertown, you start out being more open and then it gets more bottlenecked the the further in you go. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting how they, they've kind of flip-flopped that. I think maybe they, I'm totally guessing here, but I'm I'm guessing... They may have had some constructive criticism on the Horizon map when mm-hmm. that was released because that's a very, and they may have wanted it to be this way, but it's kind of claustrophobic in there. Uh, and so Horizon's probably not my favorite map to be yeah, on. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. But Junkertown is a great map, and and Blizzard World's a wonderful map. Man, they did a great job. So yeah. I'm wondering if they took maybe some hints that they didn't make it more open, or, sure, or combine the two more in a way. Yeah, being open and being more closed. Now, what did you think of all the new character skins? Because they did this big drop along right. with Blizzard World where they they just uh, 
in addition to the skins, they also had new sprays, new emotes, just just a just a really big content drop. Right. And the funny thing too is that uh, the Chinese New Year is right around the corner. That's happening mm-hmm. this month too. So we're gonna get probably some more stuff. I wonder if they're gonna do um, a Chinese New Year this year or not. They were mentioning something about it. It's Year of the Dog. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I don't know if they're Blizzard. Uh, mentioned something on their Facebook, but uh, they didn't advertise like, hey, this is what's coming again. You know, they just said, here's the next thing. Yeah. So it might just be a, a re-unlock of the current stuff, which is absolutely fine because I have absolutely none of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I started playing after that, like right afterward. Uh, so that would still be cool. But even if they brought out more of it for characters who didn't receive the uh, Chinese New Year package last time, that's still more awesome. Absolutely. And, and you know that they're going to unlock all those previous yeah. Chinese New Year skins. And so that's cool. I think I got like 90% of the skins I wanted from last year, but there are probably one or two that I was not able to get. So again, brilliant design by Blizzard to be able to have that where all of a sudden it's like, oh, now they're unlocked for a limited time. Yeah. I think it was pretty smart on the marketing for them to uh, release a lot of these skins with the 250 rating or the 1000 rating. I totally agree. I think that that it has been overdue almost just because every time there are new skins and you, you could tell that like Blizzard's thinking was really, okay, these people are playing this game constantly. Therefore, they're probably, uh, you know, accumulating lots of gold, lots of gamer credits. So we're going to have to start ratcheting prices up. And for a while they did that, like for a while, like the, the most expensive skin was like a thousand and then they went to 3000. Yeah. And so then I start thinking, man, are they going to keep raising the prices on these things? Which again, it makes logical sense just because the the longer you play, the more you amass, right? Right. right. But at the same time, I think it's super cool that they actually did release this time around new skins that were actually cheaper. They were like 250. Right. Yeah. And they were like good skins too. They weren't like these like yeah, whatever forgettable skins. Yeah, just a different color of what you already have. Uh yeah, no, I mean, in any other package drop, the skins would have been 3,000. I mean, they're they're detailed as such to be in the 3,000 rating, but they only rated it at, at 1,000. Um, but uh, they they all look fantastic. I mean, I can't wait to get Torbjorn's, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just got his uh, his Halloween costume. Or not, I, well, I can't say I just got it, but I mean, that's the latest one I've had for him, and I'm cool with that for a while, you right. know, but... Um, I don't know if I'd even hang on to it. If I got the other one, I'd probably just you know, go towards the new one. That new one is sick. I mean, I just looking at it like that to me. So sick, it's ill. It's so sick <laughs> and so ill, it's the flu. <laughs> Totes me goats. <laughs> no, but it, it, it seriously does. It's one of my favorite Torbjorn costumes I've seen yet. I mean, Torbjorn really does have... A, a lot of really memorable costumes, whether right. it's the, the captain pirate thing, or it's like the, the younger version, like the clean shaven, no beard version of Yeah, him. that's the one I, I missed out. I, I still need to get that one. I have the biker, the kind of the Harley Davidson yeah, Torbjorn. <laughs> <laughs> now, Farrah got a new skin, which I, of course, bought immediately because Farrah is one of my favorite characters to play. And I really do love the Egyptian skin. They, they did such a great job. If you notice her helmet has kind of like that Cleopatra style um, with like, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it's that, that kind of headdress thing only it's like an armored version with right. like a little Cobra uh, like kind of the t- center. Well, the little, it's like a tiara, like an armored tiara. Or something. Kind of. I yeah. mean, it's like, it has kind of the, the decorative elements of a tiara, but I mean, it, it covers her, her entire right. head and then her, her 
uh, rocket launcher actually is in the shape also of kind of like this elongated cobra head, which looks really cool too. And you know, of course, she looks shiny. And who do who doesn't like shiny? I like S- shiny. Speaking of shiny, you know what? What has never lost its uh, its shininess are the uh, the it's gold. Sheen. <laughs> it's sheen. Are the uh, gold weapons that you can get with your competitive uh, points. Like, mm-hmm. those look good with every single skin. Like, Speaking uh, of competitive points, you and I need to continue doing that now that I'm yeah, back. I know. I know. Because, us. you know, us playing together, I, I finally mm-hmm. got a, a couple of Ws. Continue. Well, hopefully I can still be Mercy and heal everybody now that she's been nerfed again. The most nerfed character in Overwatch history. I gotta tell you though, she she was getting harder to take down for me. Like after they they had that big change up where she was no longer healing the whole group, but only like one at a time, and then she had that new ultimate of like her wings getting all fiery and her flying around and stuff. Like I've been having a much harder time taking her out. Yeah, but I mean that's only for like twenty seconds, and then she's back to being Wico Panico. <laughs> Maybe it's just the players who play her have gotten super good with her. I don't know, but she's a lot harder for me to take down these days. But the thing is, the strategy has always been if there's any, any like, for example, an RPG, you always take out the healer first. The healer stops healing the rest of the team. Then you can focus on damaging the team. So she's always the first to get uh, the bullseye on her back. And where it's like a four-on-one <laughs> sort of deal and trying to single her out. So yeah. in a way, she has to have some sort of defense. Uh, or she's she's gonna be not fun to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, what did you think of Hanzo's new skin? Hanzo's so the Kabuki. I could. I think it's interesting. I could pass on it though. I don't think it's his, his best. Um, really? Yeah. You see, and I've heard that from other friends too. How like they they're not uh, too excited about his skin. I for one really dig it. I think just the the overall ornate design and, and like the face paint and, and the the traditional hat, you know, the kind of the Japanese hat, all of it. I, I'm like, man, like next time I don't, I don't know if I, for one would necessarily pay for the skin just because I'm not really a Hanzo player. Like yeah. I, I'm still learning him. I'll play him during skirmishes and eventually I'll probably start to play him in, in quick um, games or, or arcade or whatever. But I mean, looking at it, I'm like, dude, that's a cool costume. What they need to bring out for Hanzo, I think, is something that is similar to Genji's Oni skin. Mm-hmm. They need to have a Hanzo version of it. Something that looks real, real hardcore samurai, I think. Samurai, you know, archer, bow and arrow style. But yeah, that'd be sweet. Now, Reinhardt has a new skin. That one's, I got to get that one. Uh, it's a much more, I think it was based off of the cinematic. Oh, well, of course it is, Russ. A little younger, sprightier. Yeah. yeah. You know, full of zest and youth. If anybody has watched, not seen that little short film, you got to watch it. Even if you've already seen it like five times, give it into the world. And you know, really, so if you haven't seen it, then you really should find the episode of Joygasm where we do our impressions, where we listen to it. You actually can listen to mm-hmm. the trailer itself and then we talk about it. That's right, Russ. Now, Zenyatta, what do you think? That one's not bad. I mean, for two fifty, for sure. <clears throat> and I have a feeling there are actually two skins for Zenyatta. They just did like different colors for it. Uh, one's like kind of like a bluish yellow. The other one has more of like a carbon fiber mixed with like green accents. Mm, I still think you're wrong. I think the other one was there for a long time. Or maybe I was just dreaming about it and saw it in the future. Could be wrong. You never know. <laughs> that was my, fir- my first impression looking at it like, I don't remember that one being there, but yeah. But you then know, again, I never play Zenyatta, so. 
I know. I, I never, I never, like, like it's funny. I, I, there are certain characters who I just don't play, but then at the same time, I, I'm always really curious to see what the latest skins are. So I, I will go through and just appreciate it from that standpoint. In fact, you fellow joygasmers out there, if you happen to know the answer to this, uh, definitely drop us a, a little response, a little comment action on, uh, I don't know, you know, like on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. We're, we're basically everywhere. So uh, I would say, though, make it Twitter or Facebook. Those are the two that we tend to frequent the most. Indeed, Russ. Now, oh, Diva's new skin. That one, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. like I like the the diva like diva skin herself, not her mech skin. The mech skin is like okay, I, I get it. It's cool. It's fun. Uh-huh. Uh, her little little get up is better, I think, than, than the mech itself. Than the mech itself. Yeah, because they made the mech look like a kind of a cat. Yeah, it's all kitty. Uh huh. No, has kitty. a tail on the back and stuff. I think it has a bow on it too. Does it have a bow? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed it had the cat ears. In the front, yeah, like those pink things, and and I mean her, yeah. I, I well, here's the deal. I think that the mech looks cool. I think the tail was a little too far. Yeah, I think it just it just I don't know. Like I you, I understand it. It's for just for <sighs> for fun, I guess you could say. Yeah, but, but overall, overall though, I think it's a great skin. I, I I do hope to get it at some point. Although the the caddy skin, the old the old school cruiser. Skin still oh, takes six. Man, oh. that one's still one of my yeah. favorites. I still have that assigned as my current skin. Yeah. Who else has a new skin? Um. Well, let's see. Uh, Ar- uh, Arissa. Arissa. Yeah, she looks. Uh, I think you said it right when you said it. She looks uh, like she's taken. Wait, is that her name, Arissa? Yes, Ross. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I keep thinking of Cyrus. That's not right. Oh, it's Arissa. Geez. My goodness. Uh. So yeah, Arissa, you were saying she looks like she's taking a few cues off uh, the Protoss race. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And and, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, thank you. Well, I was gonna. Well, if, did you have another comment on Arissa? Because I was gonna go to Reaper. Um. No. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Go. To so Reaper. Reaper looks a little bit too evil. I think he's got a two fifty uh, value skin. Now, Does he? Yeah. I'm gonna pull okay. it up. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. You keep talking. Peaky peak. So. I don't know. I know he's probably the most evil character in the game, and I get it. He might have been. He he's still playful, and his costumes look cool. But um, I don't know. It, there's, I just don't care for like all the horns and the skulls and the fire. Like you know, I think that's more. It, it, he does look more Diablo, and I think that's probably what Blizzard's that's totally intention what was was going to. But. For some reason, like in the rest of Overwatch, there's none of that. Oh, I remember that skin now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, okay. Here's the deal. I think I was not as much of a of a fan of that as um, some of his other skins. Just I, it, he he just looks too cartoony. There's too, the, the colors themselves don't. Uh, it's, it's difficult to describe, but it, yeah, I. I completely agree. I think that he has other skins that are far more interesting visually. Yeah. I love the one where he's like that, um, like dirt bike, yeah. evil Knievel yeah. type. I mean, that was just fantastic. But I think it, that was the, like I was saying before, it, it was Blizzard's intention to make a lot of these characters look like characters from their other games. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was, uh, anything like, a, a, a miss or an oversight that Orissa 
happens to look like a Protoss because that's from StarCraft. Right. And uh, Torbjorn, for example, looks like some of the, the Vikings uh, from uh, Warcraft, mm-hmm. for example. And, for example, Widowmaker was say what looked like, uh, what was her name? Uh, Nova. Nova. So if you start kind of putting the pieces together, I think that that was definitely the intention. I'm still trying to figure out who, who Roadhog's character is supposed to be. So Roadhog's character is based off of one of the butcher character types in Diablo three mm. In Diablo three, you had a lot of these kind of these horror esque looking right. creatures. And so that, yeah, that's definitely his, which uh, it looks really cool. It's just, I'm, that's not really my, my particular right. style. It's not my bag. Right. I tell you what though, going back to Widowmaker. That is hands down one of my favorite skins from this latest drop. I would say probably Widowmaker and Farah are my two favorite skins out of the, the latest who, drop. What character they took Farah out of from? That one they, they may not have taken from um, a game per se. I think it was just the fact that Farah, I think she comes from more of that like kind of Middle Eastern Egyptian <laughs> and, and, era, what, and what game did they take Divas out of? Okay, so Diva, I don't think they took it from a game. I think they actually, I was reading somewhere about how they, I, she might be some sort of anime character, something along those lines. I, I'll have to do research on that again. But I remember reading something about how they were doing kind of like these mashups, paying homage to certain like well-known characters from that whole area. Blizzard, yeah. Well, we, then you were also telling about uh, Zariah. Zariah's, uh, so Zariah is straight up Diablo. She she plays uh, not plays, but she's her <laughs> her skin uh, is definitely like the female barbarian class from Diablo three. Her skin is based off a Diablo player who actually looks like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Go, once again, going back to Widowmaker though, Nova. What a just a triumph of a design for Widowmaker. Just. Man, it just it looks so cool. Me, I'm a huge StarCraft fan. I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed playing StarCraft. Love the storylines. And Nova is actually another ghost in StarCraft who is kind of a rival to Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. Not Nancy Kerrigan, just Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Let's still have I, Tanya on the brain. <laughs> right, right. Oh, by the way, not to completely like go off topic, but just really quick. When I was in Bogota... We went by a movie theater and I, Tanya was had, there was a poster of I, Tanya there, but everything was in Spanish. Anyway, that's probably where uh, I wish I would figure there would, it would be in Spanish. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As yeah. opposed to, I don't know. No, it was, it was, it was completely in Japanese. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the, the, what I was trying to say was just the fact that like, it was, it was a, a treat for me to be able to see some of the, like the cinematic stuff that I'm used to seeing in English in a different language. So anyway, nice. Russ. Thank you. Are there any other skins? Oh, May has a new skin that you just told me about today, and it's based on the cinematic yes. also from her thing where she's in the, the research facility somewhere in the Arctic or something. Yeah, another very good short. And, uh, I, you know, that, I figured that we'd be getting that one at, the, at some point. I, I didn't think it would be at this map drop, but I figured we'd be definitely getting it. Yeah. And uh, we got it. Yeah, I look forward to getting that one as well. Overall, I mean, I would say 90% of the skins that they've dropped, it's like, yeah, I I can't wait to get that. It looks really good. Now, when it comes to any of the emotes or voices, anything like that, has, have you seen or or heard anything yet? Yeah, the, uh, it's a welcome relief too. Um, two that come to mind are Bastion and, uh, 
Soldier is 76. Ah. So they've, I've just seen a lot of their, em- or, uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry, not emote per se, but uh, highlight intro is what I'm thinking of. Sorry. You said oh, emote, I was thinking right. of highlight intro, yeah. So Basham finally gets one where he's like, he jumps out of nowhere and in his, his tank form and then, you know, uh, re- transforms into his normal self. Yeah. That real action based. That, that one's really, really cool. And then uh, I don't know if you if you clicked on uh, and seen Soldier Seventy Sixes, but that's really in your face. Yeah, also. the pistol like, whipping oh animation, goodness. right? Yeah, kind of like he hits you and the whole uh-huh. thing goes bah! like that. Yeah, I think he hits you with the butt of his rifle. Right, right. Yeah, there are. I told, I'm glad that you brought that up because I totally forgot about that. I was, I was uh, browsing those, and there are several. And again, I'm a little uh, rusty just because I've been gone for the past week. But yeah, I remember there were some other ones too where I was like, dude, that looks. Sweet, yeah. Like, just, no, I can't wait to get those too. Like the I, the art department and the animation department yeah. at Blizzard just you could tell they have fun with each one of these drops. Well worth their pay, um, and then yeah. some. So <laughs> it's funny because whenever a new package like this drops, uh, we're first to always go to the skins because yeah. that's something very visual, and we don't necessarily go to. Uh, the highlight intros or even the emotes, probably the least of all the emotes. And then you see it, like someone get it and they right. put it in the regular game. Like, what is he doing? What in the world? What was that? <laughs> yeah. And you have to go back and see it. Uh, so those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm currently looking at Farrah's skin and it's just... Let's wipe your chin, okay? It's just epic. Wipe your chin. So good. So good. Do you have any other final comments regarding the uh, latest drop from Blizzard? No, it's it's so colorful though, and it's beautiful. The, the, we got to talk about the lighting too. Now that's because this is something I've been talking about when once we've been playing the game. I don't know if they did a res boost. I don't know what it was, but for when the when the game pops up on the title screen, mm-hmm. everybody who is on the cover, regardless of who it is, looks a lot better. If it's Genji, if it's Mercy, if it's whoever, uh, I don't. I, you were saying it's all the lighting, and I have would have to agree. But if there's something else that's going on, if they did a, re- a resolution boost, but everybody looks better yeah, on, on this map. There's probably a combination of things. The, the texture artists probably have had a chance to go back through and just tidy up and polish each one of the, the textures. Also, too, when it comes to game engine lighting, it's kind of a fickle beast in the sense that depending on how you have the, the environment set up, and, and again, it also depends too. I'm not sure exactly what their their lighting rig is, but sometimes in the past, like you will have baked what's called baked lighting, and so they you you light the the environment itself so that regardless of where you are, it gives the illusion that you have this like light and shadow setup when in fact it's basically just a texture map. And then your character, your main hero character, actually is lit in real time. So um, you can have different triggers throughout the map that will tell it to, oh, you now you're getting to going through a darker area versus a lighter or brighter area. Or, oh, you're passing by like these, these torches on the wall. And so it gives it more of that amber kind of glow as you're going past. And they have these radius fall-offs that are set up and that sort of thing. They're starting to move away from that, though, with... Oh, oh snap! <laughs> that was the wife calling. Oh, nice the uh, ringtone there, was. Yeah, that's your Wonder Woman calling. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Um, she's probably on her way home with the little one, honey. I love you, but I'm forwarding you to voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> declined. So, 
but anyway, going back to the, the 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 kind of the lighting setups in the more recent generations of like the uh, Unreal Four engine, that sort of thing, they're starting to actually have um, everything, whether it's the characters or it's the environments, be able to support real time lighting, and as a result, you just get that much more of a dynamic lighting setup. So I think you see that more and more in here because obviously they have. Um, sky maps and that sort of thing that can act as almost like reflectors or bouncers. So when you when you place the digital lights um, within the the map itself, it will take the the color information and off the texture maps and then almost bounce that kind of color and blend it with the the color of the light itself. So I think it depends on on which main menu you're on. Like some menus, like Blizzard World, for example, it's outside. It's outdoors. It's designed to look like that utopian theme park area. So naturally, the color is going to pop more as opposed to like if we're playing during Halloween and they intentionally make everything darker, then you're going to see a different quality to the the character that gets randomly generated on the main menu screen. You can you know see how how they're lit, what the textures look like, that sort of thing. But you know what would be cool is uh, <laughs> if they, you know, how the characters say, you can make them say a certain stuff. Uh-huh. Is uh, if they had more like theme park-esque uh, versions of what they already say. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if Soldier 76, who sounds so gruff and everything, uh <laughs> It says like, come meet me by the rocking horse or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Depending on where you are in the map or <laughs> that would be, that would be hilarious. It would be really cool too. And it, they've, to a certain extent, they've done this throughout other maps where like if you're attacking or if you're defending, you'll have some automated voice over like little spots where like, like someone says something and to... It's not really based on the map that we're playing it's on. It's more towards the skin. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's based on the skin or it's based on the character makeup. So like, you know, if you have a Torbjorn and a Symmetra, for instance, you know, we've heard yeah. tons of times because yeah. I like playing Symmetra, you like playing Torbjorn, how they tease each other. And so there, there are certain sound bites that, that get executed. But I think it would be cool to take that one step further and actually have it be map based where like, like, to like, just like what you said, if you're on Blizzard World and perhaps you're going by like the little eagle ride, there could be some funny little... Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It could be a snarky comment yeah. or just something that's funny, like "Oh man, I wish I had time to ride that" or some, yeah. something like that. So just yeah, either if you're maybe like in the beginning when you're attacking or defending, like if you're defending and you have to get to the point where you're going to set up, you know, your your defenses and whatnot, mm-hmm. if they could say something on the way there, commenting on stuff that they're passing. Yeah, oh, yeah, boy. that that would be a great idea. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this particular episode of Joygasm. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. So also, too, as a reminder, the round three of the SNES Classic Mini Giveaway is currently underway. To enter, you want to go to twitter.com slash joygasmtv where you will see a pinned tweet at the top. What you want to do is you have to retweet that tweet. Follow at joygasmtv and subscribe to the Joygasm YouTube channel. And the link is in the pinned tweet for your convenience. You must do all three to be entered into the giveaway. 
And Steve, can you please tell our lovely listeners what uh, uh, they uh, uh, could win uh, if they get drawn? Well, uh, they're going to get me in a box, Russ. They're, they're going to get you. They're going to get Steve in a box. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have a diaper and a little bib on. What's up? Hey, want to play some games? Uh, I need my diaper changed. <laughs> And a sponge bath. <laughs> bang my rattle on your head a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, they're gonna get a SNES, Russ. Uh, the best. Not just any SNES. The one we waited in the rain to get. A yes. classic mini. A, a, a classic mini SNES. Mm-hmm. With our with um, our rain and tears uh, still dried, spotted on it. Anyway, uh, not not that's just a joke. So they're also going to get a wireless controller so they don't have to fit, uh, fit, you know, I meant sit, sit two and a half <laughs> feet away from the TV to play the games. They can uh, sit on their normal couch, Russ. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get a uh, playing with super power art catalog. That's right. And what <sighs> consists of the inside of that book? Uh, a lot the of guts uh, of the book. A lot of the behind the scenes workings of the games and what the games include, artwork. Uh, pretty thick book too, I might add. There, right? it is. A, it's a it's a pretty thick book and it's a nice size book. So well, it looks looks really nice. It's, well, what is this? A hundred and fifty dollar value, Russ? Two hundred dollar value? All the stuff combined? <sighs> All the stuff combined? It is. Yeah, it's. I would say. Yeah, it's at least one hundred and fifty bucks, Russ. It's at least one hundred. One hundred and fifty dollar value. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And uh, the most important thing to know is that the last day to enter is February 9th, which, again, considering that today is the 4th, you've only got five days left. It's coming up quick. This week. And then um, we'll announce who the winner is here on the Joygasm podcast on February 12th, just in time for Valentine's Day. So it's important that you take a little listen to us on uh, next week's episode to see if you won. Sounds good. Until next time, what do you say, Steve? Don't forget to twitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.